thing when we get back. He pecked his wife on the cheek and scooted out the door to avoid disappointed frowns, pouting daughters, and guilt over both. In the mudroom, he pulled the laces of his boots as fast as possible, but not fast enough to evade Lisa. His five-year-old daughter rushed into the chilly room and flung her arms around his neck, a slice of bread in one hand. Do you have to go? I'm sorry, Pumpkin. This is important. He wrapped an arm around her, wishing he could be in two places at once. Can you help Mommy take care of Missy for me? You know how much she hates taking baths. Yes, Daddy. Lisa squeezed his neck and pulled away enough to hand him the bread. A thin layer of butter covered it. I won't splash her or anything. Good girl. He tousled her blonde curls and kissed her forehead. Give Mommy a hug and a kiss for me. Lisa kissed his cheek and dashed back inside. Justin hopped to his feet and stuffed the bread into his mouth as he jogged through the front door and into the woods. At times like this, he wished he could have a regular job with a regular paycheck and a regular life. At eighteen, all this running around and saving the world stuff had been exciting and made him feel important. Now, at twenty-four, he wondered how other knights managed to balance everything. The smell of damp earth and pine soothed him, as it always did. Running helped more. With every step, his worries and annoyances fell away, jarred loose by the thump of his boots on damp earth. He followed the narrow path to his sycamore tree. The tattered yellow ribbon he'd tied up years ago still clung to the branch of the tree he preferred to use as his doorway into the palace. Once it had taken him several minutes to focus his will enough to force this tree to let him through to that other place. Now he touched the bark, took a second to focus, and pushed through the tree. With a flash of white, he stepped from the woods behind his home to his personal room in the palace. Four stone walls held a bed, shelves, a change of clothes, and a few other odds and ends. Today he sped out the door, intent on keeping Claire from having to wait long. He jogged down the stone corridor of the fifth floor to the wide spiral stair at one end, and rushed down one floor, passing a few other knights on the way and nodding to them in acknowledgement. They returned the gesture. He hurried to Claire's room on the fourth floor, number 462. Right before she'd made the transition from night potential to night, Justin's mentor, Kurt, had occupied this room. The elder knight's death had paved the way for Claire's entry. Justin had to see it that way, or he'd hate her for forcing his favorite curmudgeon out. Soon he needed to find the time to go check on Kurt's phasm. Training Claire had kept him too busy. Justin brushed his fingers across the worn brown leather of the couch that made up her door. It looked exactly like the one in his own living room because she'd first crossed into the palace through it and now used a couch to reach this place in the same way he used a sycamore. Kurt had sat on that couch a fair number of times. The palace had a wretched sense of humor. Justin tapped on the crushed green stones that made up the numbers at his chest height and heard solid thumping as the door translated his gesture into knocking. Claire answered immediately, and he escorted her to the spiral stair. She hadn't explored much, on his request. After the spectacle that almost led to her execution the first time she arrived, she hadn't argued with him. As they walked down the steps, Justin braced for the reactions of other knights. A pair walking up the stairs nodded to him and ignored Claire. When they reached the main floor, another knight passed them and smiled in greeting. They stepped out into the main thoroughfare between the various locations outside the dormitory without meeting anyone else. This wide corridor, 
made of the same stone as the stairs, had ceilings high enough to accommodate the tallest knights. Noise dampened the moment they stepped into it, and their eyes slid across every surface without catching. This was not a hall intended for grand or lofty purposes, nor did it have any features to be admired. Knights used it to get from one place to another, and its form did nothing more or less than fulfill that function. Guiding Claire up to the left, Justin scanned every branching hall for potential threats, though he hated feeling he needed to. The palace was supposed to be their safe haven. For at least two millennia, the spirit knights had used this other dimension as a home away from home. Only knights could come here, and all knights were welcome. Except Claire, who'd challenged the very foundation of the knights by doing nothing more than being a girl. They passed the kitchen— an enormous expanse of granite countertops and chrome appliances, on the way to the small room he wanted to use to help Claire forge her sword. Given